Hello and welcome to the concluding episode of Jesus at the Center of the Church series on the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. As we observe Brookwood's 30th anniversary today, we'll revisit some of the key moments from the past three decades and share stories of transformation. You'll also get a backstage pass into the journey of our founding pastor, Perry Duggar, and his family. Senior Pastor Brian Jones will have a heart-to-heart with Perry and Leanne Duggar, discussing how God's unending faithfulness has been evident in the Brookwood Church's journey over these years. After this episode, we'll dive into resources for our forthcoming series, Jesus at the Center of Prayer, which starts October 15th. So come along as we cherish our past and envision the future. Here's Senior Pastor Brian Jones with Perry and Leanne Duggar as we start in this engaging episode. Well, hey, as we were uh, worshiping, uh, first of all, isn't it just good to be together and celebrate 30 years this morning? Yes, indeed. But in my limited time here, uh, my wife and I and our kids have been here close to a year now. I just noticed that the Holy Spirit, the goodness of God was all over this church. And uh, I was sitting right over there worshiping and this quote from A.W. Tozier came to mind. It says this, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. And I was just thinking about the fact that this is a church when I walked in for the first time that I just saw the spirit of God on this church. And uh, I just wanna encourage you, one of the things I'm hearing from people over and over again is God is up to something. And so as we celebrate 30 years, we have the belief that this is not a period, this is just a dash, that God is gonna continue to do more and more because there is one hero in the church and Jesus is his name, amen? And so, uh, yes, indeed, let's just just clap for that. Uh, But... I am very aware that as Jesus is the one who in fact builds his church and the gates of hell will not stand, there are some people that God uses in a mighty way. And so today, what I have the privilege of doing is sitting down with our founding pastor and his wife, uh, Lee Ann, and just hearing a little bit of the Brookwood story. In fact, we could spend two hours just telling stories and that wouldn't even just get us close to where we could uh, just start to do some damage. So I know we've got limited time, but I just wanna show you in just a second a video. One of the fun things for me being new is I've got to see some old archive footage. And so uh, we've collected, if you will, a few of the highlight reels of our founding pastor, Perry. So before he comes up and don't come up too early, all right? We wanna celebrate you, so don't come up, but check out this uh, video of Perry uh, throughout the years. Well, thank you very much and welcome to the Truly Wed Game. We are going to have some fun today. Because so many people had bad experiences with pastors. And so some of the craziness, the foolishness just was a a way for me to humanize myself. You fit in here with your honesty, not your polished up behavior. Be who you are, be yourself. We made a, a decision to help and heal people with needs. I think it's our calling by God. We believe that we should be a church that accepts anybody. Because we've decided we're going to impact this community for Christ, so God will provide what's needed. If you remain a people like that, there can't be built a building big enough to hold us. God has given us the privilege of being born again. 
so that we are now members of God's own family. founding pastor and his wife, Leanne, would you give them the loudest Brookwood welcome you can give as they make their way up right now to the stage. Now, uh, Perry, I know you hate that, and I love that you hate that. Uh, because uh, in the last couple of years that I got to know Perry, he is someone, many of you guys know this, but uh, as the founding pastor, you are someone who is the real deal, not just on this stage, but behind closed doors. So much so that uh, I actually became his neighbor. And so uh, he might have regretted that, though, because yesterday we were on a walk, and uh, I said to my wife and three kids, let's just stop by Perry's house. And so... Uh, my wife said, shouldn't we call? I said, nah, he'll be fine. And so, uh, but it, it, it was confirmed because I was still in, in my pajamas with my glasses on, but Brian was wearing his pajamas. So, it <laughs> so uh, hopefully you don't regret that. But hey, right off the bat, seriously, we love you guys. And I have been honestly um, as excited about this service as any service just to celebrate because I do think the enemy often operates in discouragement. And one of the things that if I were the enemy, I would try to do is blind you guys to the impact you've had. And today doesn't even get us close to the way that God has used you. But hopefully today you feel the sense of God's kindness and his favor and this church that loves you and is so grateful for you. So maybe just starting right off the bat, Perry, let me just ask this question. Why Brookwood? What, what kind of stirred in your heart? We saw some of this in the video, but talk to us about what God was doing to plant you here at this church. We were on a church of a, of a, a more traditional structured church, Baptist church in Texas, uh, Fitton Moorhead, although he was innovative, of course, but had some limitations. And so we had an idea then to, to let's just break down some of the traditional walls and let's build a church that serves people. We also were interested, we were in Texas and Sugarland, and uh, Leanne's from Mississippi, I'm from Georgia, and we were interested in, in raising our children around relatives as well. So we were interested in coming back this way. One of my childhood friends from elementary school called me and said, you know, there's a church in Simpsonville that is looking for a pastor. You have any interest in coming back? I said, yes. And uh, Carlos Watson was the interim pastor. He served on our staff in pastoral care for a number of years. Wonderful man. And so Leanne and I went home for Thanksgiving. We flew from Houston to uh, Augusta, Georgia. And the day that we left, as I said in the video, there was the announcement of BMW. So it sort of put a seal on it. Now we met with a, a group. They had a 
small group of about 100 people, about 65 adults, and uh, we preached for them at a church downtown. We interviewed with them, and uh, they said, are you interested in coming? And I said, I, I would be interested if you will set aside these bylaws, because you you have 39 committees and you only have 65 adults. I said, <laughs> I said, you know, you're strapping yourself. If you'll set it aside and let's create a polity of bylaws that serves the church, I would be interested. And this woman sitting there said, uh, we're a committee run church. And so we won't we were not willing to do that. So as Leanne and I left, I said, well, we can't come here, Leanne. I said, you know, I'll be, I would be hung and that woman would be holding the rope. <laughs> so we flew back to Houston. Leanne wept, I think, part of the way because of the disappointment. But So when you heard about Brookwood, Simpsonville, what was your general feeling as Perry talked about this new move? Um, I think that, you know, when I surrendered my life to the Lord when I was 16, and when you do that, you know, you don't know where he's going to end up taking you. It could be China, you know, India, Africa. And so when it became clear, more and more clear, it was Greenville, South Carolina. I was like, yay. <laughs> but, uh, you guys still got some time. He might call you somewhere else. <laughs> but it was scary too. And so, um, I was doing a Bible study experiencing God and, um, and in that study, the principle is that God is always working and we get to join him in that work. And so it became clear that this was the work that we were to join him in. And so even though it was scary and really scary, it was also, we, we knew clearly this is where God had us. So it, that's, that made it. And we are so thrilled you guys responded and God has just used you guys in a mighty, mighty way. In fact, uh, one of the things that struck me is... Uh, do you know that in 30 years, there is 262,800 hours that are spent in 30 years? And one of the things that I think about is, in your line of work, Perry, and even with you, Leanne, is that it doesn't, it's not a nine-to-five job as a pastor. And so you have a lot of phone calls, hard phone calls, funerals, uh, good phone calls uh, that you're celebrating, weddings and births. And so I was just thinking about one of the things that's unique about you guys is when I met you. Uh, one of the things I quickly met was your children after that. And they're seated right over here. We're going to have a moment with them at the end of the service. But what I was struck by is you always hear about how some pastor's kids, especially pastor's kids who plant churches, they struggle with the church. What I noticed about your kids was not only did they love Jesus, but they loved the church. In fact, uh, you know, uh, Evan and, and uh, Andrew are here at the church right now. They're part of Brookwood. And then Aubrey and Ken are at church down the road. And that just struck me. And so I'm so aware that that is not something that happens just uh, sort of naturally. In fact, uh, I wanted to show, we created a video for you guys at your house. And uh, we're going to give it to uh, Perry and the family. But I just wanted you as a church to just hear one clip from Aubrey who speaks about just the challenges, but even how God showed up uh, being in this uh, situation uh, as the senior pastor's daughter. And it's just uh, even cool how she ends. So check out this video. It was such an honor how the Lord chose Brookwood to grow at the rate that it did and to um, become a well-known church which in turn made my dad well-known. Um, and so a struggle in that is just um, never getting to just be together, just us. I think oftentimes there were lots of distractions. Um, and so 
When I was super young, I didn't understand that. As I got older, I realized the number of people that did need him. And God called him to pastor them and shepherd them. And, um, and so I did become okay and comfortable with waiting. And I think the Lord really used that to teach me how to be still and how to be patient. Um, a joy in that would be that God did choose Brooklyn. And that is a joyful thing. It's a place of true honor. And that comes with sacrifice. And today, I, I just, I look back over all those years and yes, there were painful times, but there are amazing, joyful times too. And um, the amount of people that God touched through the life of my dad is um, the joy of my life. So I'd love it if you would just quick, uh, just maybe even share a little bit, Perry, how did you in that season of starting a church just even uh, try to be intentional about leading a church and leading your family uh, mm -hmm. in that season? Well, I have to go back a, a little bit farther. I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional home, so dysfunctional I didn't realize it was dysfunctional until I was, goodness, in my 30s perhaps. And um, I grew up with a mother that Loved the Lord, was very gentle and kind, but not real strong, and a father who was just mad most of the time and would be even physically angry, but certainly verbally. And so I grew up in that way um, so that I didn't feel real emotionally. So I had to think about things rather than what would feel natural. And so I knew that I had been neglected. It took me a while to put that word on it as a child. And I was re responsible really for bringing myself up. So I, um, I knew my kids needed affection from me and it wasn't something I had experienced much, but we would, I would always take off Mondays and that was our, our family day. And some people say, why don't you take off Friday? And um, Friday, would then you'd have a longer weekend. And I said, well, I'm the only pastor. And so if, if something happens during the week, I don't get Friday. But Monday, the week may be terrible, but I don't know it yet. So, <laughs> so on Monday, we would just drive. We drove all over, you know. We would go into North Carolina and into Georgia, and um, we would see everything that kids would like, whether it be Ghost Town, which was a wonderful place, and uh, Tweetsie Railroad, and we would go down the, um, the water slide in, um, in Brevard. It's freezing, by the way. I still have a scar because Evan didn't <laughs> like the cold, so she sat in my lap, and we fell backwards. But, <laughs> but we had those kinds of, we, you know, we climbed the waterfalls, and we, we did all those sort of, sorts of things. So we, we had time to be together and also, neither Leanne nor I, um, we don't Bible lecture our kids. I mean, I hope that I haven't Bible lectured this church, but we didn't, we didn't make our children be little Christians before they knew Christ. Mm. You know, we brought them to, well, I'll let Leanne tell that about, but we, we let them have their relationship with Christ. Yeah. And so we didn't always give them a Bible lecture and we didn't make them think we were ashamed that people would see something in them that would embarrass us 
So they got to, they got to be who they are. And like Aubrey's video said, I mean, we had people knock on the door at midnight and we had people sit in the front yard and we had tragic calls and they lived in that. And yeah, yeah. I'll never forget, you know, people would, would approach and Aubrey was, I don't know, maybe eight. That's probably one of mine right there, but um, <laughs> um, maybe eight. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's why I say bring your kids. If they cry, they're kids. But, um, and I remember a man approached me and he had some heavy burdens and he walked away and Aubrey, who's like, like said about eight years old, she said, he must've had a really hard father. And so they grew up understanding yeah. wounded humanity and not resenting it. Yeah. One of the things I've always uh, noticed about you when I got here, and I've heard multiple congregants say this, is that your humility when you stand on stage, and I can imagine it transfers over when you parent, but uh, this is what I believe, you pray about it yourself. And just how you do that as, as uh, a pastor and a dad really is freeing. So uh, thank you for your humility in that. Leanne, anything you'd add to how you would say raising godly children was a priority for you and how you did that in the chaos of all the seasons you had? Mm -hmm. I would say that, um, that in spite of any mistake we made, that God, you know, they are godly children, and I'm so thankful for that. And then they married godly men, so I'm, I'm just so thankful for that. Because in spite of what we might have done wrong, God still superseded all of that. But um, I would say just living as example of having a growing relationship with Christ, you know, ourselves. And I think that example is probably one of the most important things. And then just hours in the prayer closet praying for for my, my girls at that time and praying them through the wrong boy and whatever it is, just praying them through all those things um, during that journey. But um, I, I would say a lot of prayer. And then the church, you know, the, it takes a village to raise children. So really bringing them to, having them involved in everything here as they grew up and being a part of those things, having D-teams, having them at my house, going to the camps, you know, as the nurse or, you know, whatever that took. If it was Wanas, we started out with the Wanas and then we, you know, moved to different things. Being Miss Twizzle, <laughs> you probably don't remember that, but being Miss Twizzle <laughs> to give out prizes. So, you know, just those kinds of things. I think just growing your kids up where their peers, their most important peers, you know, are people that are, are here growing in Christ with them. And I would urge you all that involve your kids in, in our programming. We have yeah, good, yeah. godly, both staff and leaders, and bring them. And if they don't want to be here, then you volunteer and come with them. Yeah. And let that impact, that impress on their lives. They may not know Christ at 8 or 10 or 12, but you're still impressing God's truth into their lives. So and it'll yeah. make a difference. Yeah. Uh, behind me is a number on the screen that uh, I had you guess last time, um, but uh, I wanted the congregation as well. Any guesses on what this number represents? 617. Anybody? Somebody has to guess. Baptism. Um, close. This is a super spiritual thing. This is actually the number of plaid shirts that uh, Perry has worn in the, uh, in the tenure here. And so... Uh, just, just so you know, we have some, uh, 
we have some proof here of this. And so, uh, and so I just have to ask, are you sponsored by Plaid Perry? Or what's the deal here? Uh, I, I wish I was, although a lot of these shirts are... Uh, I was able to buy at a discount <laughs> because uh, I haven't seen that, that one you have on right there. No, I didn't yeah, know they were going to put right it on there. front and center. I'm right sorry about there. that. Drake Bagwell <laughs> worked for, and he, he, we could get us these shirts at a discount. So, but as silly as this may sound to you, um, the way I dressed was By the way, I deliberate. forgot to say, somebody asked me this last time. It is not actually 617. I have no idea that number. That is not an actual number. So just so you know. It, it could be accurate. It could be more, actually. So we don't know. But when we designed the building on 14 and then followed by this one, the lady that was the designer was from really a high church background. And I told her, I said, look, you, you have lots of good taste and everything, but... I don't, we don't want this to look like a bank. We, we want it to look like a carnival. Mm. And she acquiesced and, you know, it followed through with this one. Maybe this one may be in a little better taste, but it's very colorful because I, my, my burden was that a lot of people came in troubled. And when people are dealing with things, you need, a, you need an, an, an atmosphere that's up emotionally. That's why you go places and the, you know, hospitals, especially in children's wards, tend to be very bright and happy. And so we designed a building like that so that, you know, I don't, don't mean to hyper-spiritualize it, but it, it gives a little bit of lift if you're burdened. And I would choose shirts that looked happy, quite honestly, for the same reason. And uh, now this will really sound ridiculous, but if I was preaching a text that was about, you know, it was a hard text about sin or something, I would wear a softer color because I didn't want people to ever misunderstand whether it was a word from God or it was Perry's in a bad mood today. And so I wanted to separate myself from what God's message was. So when the message was harder, I would dress softer. I know that sounds ridiculous probably. No, no, but you did, you know, honestly, but it's... I think about all that stuff. Leanne said, I have a gift of thoroughness. I think you said one time. But, um, and growing up in a dysfunctional home helped me because I didn't really have much parental support. So whether it be homework or get your fees in or, you know, show up for football practice or anything, it was all on me. And um, it carried over well. Uh, my sister would say it wasn't so well because I would hear from my fraternity brother, she was cutting class and I'd go knock on her window um, and say, oh, you're, what are you doing? Because I felt responsible. But it, it's helped me in some ways, but it probably made me less sensitive. And so yeah. I've had to make some apologies for yeah, some yeah. of my intensity. I'm just glad someone finally understands my burden. I mean, when I pick up my outfit every morning, it's just deep and spiritual. And, you know, finally somebody understands. I mean, uh, yeah. my... <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. I, know. <laughs> I love it. I think it's awesome. No, I do have one number that I wanted to show you guys. Uh, this is an actual number, by the way. This is a kingdom-shaking number. I love this. Uh, this number you're going to see is $25,431,939. This is not over the 30 years. This is just over the last decade 
of the amount of resources that have gone to uh, local missions or gone outside of this building, India, other places. And so this is over 25 million just in 10 years. Is that not amazing, just God's goodness and all that he's done? And so uh, that was obviously a huge passion for uh, you guys, Perry, just the, from the care department, I noticed, to also just the resources. And, uh, you know, oftentimes people talk about all the money that's spent in churches, but when I look at the amount of budget that is sent outside of it, it's just incredible how God has, has just used this church in a radical, radical way. And so we're so thankful for your leadership and how God has placed that on your heart as well. Um, one of the things I mentioned to you guys, though, as I got here, uh, one of the things that was, was really unique was when I came to this church, I noticed, and I preached on it last week, there's a sensitivity to the word of God, the truth of God, and the power of God. And so I noticed really two things. One, the amount of resources that went to missions and care. But I also noticed this was a church that I had not experienced, that, that word and power that I mentioned last week. And what I mean by that, if you weren't here, is just the, the word of God, the truth of God, and the spirit of God, the power of God being evident. And, and oftentimes in churches I've been a part of, it seemed like it fell so much to one side or the other. And I just noticed there's a spirit sensitivity. There's a love for the word of God. And I know that doesn't happen just sort of um, accidentally. There's an intentionality. So maybe Perry, would you speak to uh, how you went about trying to bring a, a spirit sensitivity to the word of God and the power of God in this church that is so evident. Even this morning when I was sitting here watching just the decibel of singing and the way people are responding to God. So maybe speak to the, how you went about trying to build that spirit sensitivity. When, when I was born again I, as a senior in college, as I said, I, I described my uh, upbringing. So I had always believed that the Bible was God's word and it was true. My mother lived by it and I, I never doubted the truthfulness of it. So when I became born again, you know, that just enhanced and enforced even more the truthfulness of God's word, the strength of God's word. However, I understood that preaching the unvarnished God's, of uh, God's word may come across as harsh. And so I softened it in the early days with a lot of, a lot of jokes and a lot of creative stuff. And um, yeah, I did drop from the, you know, the ceiling and did a lot of that stuff that because I was trying to bring in the people and then give them God's word. Um, and a lot of people said those things brought them, you know, the funny stuff and the jokes and everything. But we went a number of years and I was actually in the shower and erase that image of your, from your mind. But, um, <laughs> And, you know, God said to me, he said, well, they know you, but do they know me? Mm. And I realized that some of my foolishness, entertainment, humor was too much over the top. And it obscured God's word instead of enhancing it. So I stopped. And I, I stopped that manner of delivery almost in, you know, from one Sunday to the next and so I began really preaching God's word directly. And um, it was still a, a good bit of time before I really sensed the spirit. I, I wasn't sure the spirit spoke today. 
So what you hear me saying now, you wouldn't have heard in the early years. I wouldn't have said he didn't speak, but I didn't have that experience. And then God started breaking through. Like I said, it began in the shower and it continued. And I began to be softened first by gaining some self-awareness, realizing some of the things that had motivated me and some of the intensity that wasn't from a healthy place. And I began to be able to hear the spirit. And then I um, went through transformation prayer, which Leanne does now several days a week. Um, And that helped me heal even more and be able to sense and hear God's spirit. And so I just led the church in what I was growing in. And thankfully, these wonderful people would receive that from me. And they allowed me to to mature, to change. And I wasn't criticized because I didn't know everything already, but I was embraced because I was migrating and trying Mm. to grow. And each of these people, some that were ahead of me in some of these issues, but they all walked with me. And so we got here together. We didn't get here because of me. We got here together. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that, that I've always noticed is the best message you preach is really the one you live with your life. And one of the things I've noticed about you is um, what you preach on stage, you live out. And there's a transparency to you. Even one of the things that I was drawn to is you guys' transparency in this difficult season that you guys are navigating with Grant. And so when the first few times I talked to you, you let me in and asked me if I'd pray. And if you've been at our church for some time, um, you know that that's been something we've prayed for as a church. If you haven't been uh, to church, uh, uh, your grandson, Graham, uh, is very sick. He has some um, kidney issues. And so uh, we're praying for God to work in a divine way through a miracle or through a transplant in the midst of that. And what I've just noticed is the way that you know, uh, your family, um, Evan and Andrew have been open, but also have you guys have been transparent through that. And I wanted to brag on the church as well because um, Perry and Leanne have been pastoring and serving this church so well. And even to have this church serve you guys is something that's been pretty special for me to watch uh, being sort of a, a year in. In fact, from that interview we did, there's just a quick clip. Um, it's an intense clip, and I, mean, I love it because it's of your daughter sharing what, what you guys have meant. So I wanted you guys as a church just to see this video real quick. Um, something that Something that I never really fully understood until everything happened with my son, Graham. And um, just the experience that we've gone through with, you know, four months in the NICU and um, being on dialysis as kidneys don't work and um, just spiky cast, everything, going through everything. Um, I've always felt so seen by Brooklyn. I've never had such a needy time in my life um, as this time. And all of those needs met by people at Brooklyn. Um, People prayed, they sent us prayer cards for months. You know, even when my son was home from the NICU, we received prayer cards every day. And people always come up to us and and tell that they're praying for us even, you know, we're almost three years 
out from when he was born and um, the meals and gifts and, you know, people gave us money and that, I mean, you know, we wouldn't have, I don't know how we would have done what we did with having to move to Charlotte um, and everything without the people of, of Brookwood. And so I think I always understood I from a distance what a church family was. Um, but I, it means something completely different to me now. And I, that was really, that's what I want to say. I want to go, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving my little boy so much. You know, thank you for loving me. Um, thank you for loving my husband. And thank you for, for being there. And thank you for always, always making us feel safe. Maybe if you guys would just uh, share what it has meant to you to go from, in so many ways, you know, giving the support to also being in a season where you're sort of receiving support and prayer. I, I, you have carried us through this time um, with your prayers and, and all the support that you've given Evan and Andrew um, through meals and through encouragements, text messages through um, prayers. And we are so grateful and so thankful for, for all of your support. Thank you so much. We, we have learned a lot. Um, to, to, to walk, whether it be, you know, the old, you've read the, the wounded healer or the, the, but to walk with a burden every day uh, has been, and education for us. Um, and so many of you have helped, and, and, I, and I apologize, which I, I guess maybe my best spiritual lesson is, my greatest is learning to apologize a lot and frequently. And maybe that's my best parenting was apologizing when I made a mistake. But um, to need God, and I, I didn't realize that there's so many people in this room that are living that way, but they're quiet about it and they draw yeah. no attention. And yeah. I thought, you know, I've been guilty of not truly understanding the level of need. Yeah. And this is a church that attracts people with need because we dignify people in their needs. And yeah. um, it's, it's taught me that sensitivity, but it's taught us a lot about hold on to God every day. And we, you know, we wake up praying for Graham and all the grandchildren we in every meal and when we wake up in the night and before we go to bed and just praying. But so many of you have approached me and said, you know, how's Graham doing? And um, a, a dear man approached me today and said he was signing up as a, a donor, a kidney donor, and, and he's not the first in this church. But um, this week, uh, Graham will have two more tests and... Um, then we'll know whether he'll be accepted for a transplant and then we'll be praying and crying out for a donor for that. But, but you folks, be, even in that, people have said, take part of my body. Mm. And you've, you've, you've given time and money and all of you've given prayers and concern. You 
truly have cared. And so, boy, we've been, we've been greatly held up by that. Mm. I love that. Well, I want you to know we're, lo- we're still believing, we're still praying, we're alongside of you. And we just, I mean, thank you for modeling that transparency. And uh, we're just going to continue to ask God to con- continue to work in a miraculous way, whether through a divine healing or whether through a, a donor. And so uh, we're for you and thank you for that. One of the things that uh, is really fun that I wanted to end on in the middle of just sort of what's been a difficult season for you guys is uh, I wanted to just sort of uh, close with this number right here because this is the number that we have um, on record and there's more than that, but this is the number of people who've been baptized at Brookwood and who have accepted Christ in the 30 years. And I think none of this would have been possible if you guys didn't say yes. And so God, of course, will build his church, but he uses people. And it is an understatement to say he has used you both in a mighty way. In my short time, I've been deeply impacted by you guys. And I can only imagine people who've had 30 years of sitting under you guys. And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to close with this is when you see a number like this, oftentimes it can just feel stark. It can feel like a static thing. It's just a number. But we have 70 people, 70 plus people that are getting baptized today. And I just wanted to uh, read one story of someone who's getting baptized today and how Brookwood has impacted them. And this is Patrick's story. And he says this. He says, I felt invisible to everyone, everyone except my doctor who is a Christian, who asked me if I was involved in a local church. He told me to try this church in Simpsonville called Brookwood. He heard it was a great place, especially for people seeking help. At the time, I honestly blew it off because I had visited a couple churches already and felt doors closing in my face. What difference would this make? So I just forgot about it and kept drowning in my depression over my divorce, loss of family, income, health, insurance. A few weeks go by and I'm feeling like this is it. I've had enough. I wanted to die every day. I honestly didn't want to live anymore. However, I felt this small voice inside of me telling me to find a church, connect with God. But deep down, I felt like because he wasn't answering my prayers that maybe he had abandoned me. One day in April, I was at my wit's end, exhausted beyond description. I got in my truck, prayed, asking God with an attitude of boldness to help me find a church that cares. My search bar on my cell phone came up that Brookwood Church was the closest at 4.3 miles away. The same church my doctor kept suggesting. Fast forward, I went. I came back the following Sunday, Easter 2022. The service was so spirit-filled, an experience I had never felt. Then the next week I came back, and again, the sermon confirmed beyond any doubt that God had never left me. This opened a whole new world for me. I never missed a Sunday. Each sermon was like Pastor Perry had a window into my life. I was so interested and began to listen to God and a prayer that now has become an everyday part of my life. I surrendered to God. Once I put all my faith and trust in Jesus, my life has changed so much. After 13 years, I no longer walk with a cane. I went from 15 medications to five. I went from being timid about scripture to helping others with prayer and scripture. I volunteer. I'm free of the fear and the feeling of needing to flee. Now I'm in a place in my life I never thought I would be. All this time, I thought I was a nobody. Now I know I'm a child of Christ. This is my identity. Isn't that amazing? And so 70 plus people who are going to be baptized today. So uh, 
what I'd love to do is I'd love to invite your family up and we would just love to pray a prayer of gratitude and blessing over your whole family as they've been involved. And so Brookwood, as uh, the family makes their way up and they have had their kids through two services. So I just want you to know. They get a gold medal today for uh, all the parenting. But if you would, if you've been blessed by this family, would you just let them know what they mean to this church? So uh, we're going to pray a blessing over you guys, but uh, one of the things we want to do is our church has given you a generous uh, financial gift. The trustees have done that for you to take your family or buy more plaid shirts to your choosing, whatever you want. And uh, also there is a box with hundreds of letters uh, from our church and they have written letters of what you guys have meant. And so hopefully you get a chance to read that. And uh, it's hard to put in words what you guys have meant. Um, but we just want you to know how much you guys are loved. And I would love to pray a blessing over uh, this family right here. Brookwood, if you would, would you just extend your arms as I uh, pray a prayer blessing over this family right now? So God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you. God, I thank you that... Uh, you put a desire in Perry and Leanne's heart to say yes to you 30 years ago. God, I think in, again, one year, how you have used Perry to speak into my life, and I can imagine that you have shook the foundations of Simpsonville because of the faithfulness, because of the passion, but most of all, because of their love for people and their love for you. God, I pray that even now as they stand here, that they would know that they have a church that is behind them and they have a God who smiles upon them. God, I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for the countless nights that they have given that have been seen, but I thank you for the nights that have not been seen. I thank you for the conversations and the prayers and the tears and all of the conversations that we don't even have an idea, but heaven does. God, I think that uh, as we have given a standing ovation this morning for this family, I could think that heaven is joining along. 30 years of faithfulness in a culture where we hear constant stories of people falling away and pastors giving up. God, what a picture of a family that loves you. So we just thank you for this, King Jesus. We thank you for all the moments. And God, we just pray that uh, your favor and your love would be upon this family in new and fresh ways, even in this next season. So God, we love you. It's in your mighty, wonderful name we pray. Everyone agreed and said, amen. Hey, if you keep standing real quick. I wanted uh, Perry just to pray a quick blessing. I asked him if he'd pray a blessing over this church and that uh, God's hand would be continuously on it in the future. That's right. I'll start and pray that my kids don't jump off the stage first. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good start. What a great day we have in this church. God gave us a man that, that I love, and I, I just believe, yeah. I think we've begun. I think, you know, as Elisha followed Elijah, and, and he got a double portion of God's grace and mercy and spirit. I think we're primed for that. And so I urge you, love, love this man and his family, support him help him ask whatever questions you want to but always you ask humbly and 
you support eagerly. And I think the future is great here. So, <laughs> and so does she. <laughs> Father, I pray that you would bless this church, but you would bless it by making its mirror image of your nature clearer. Lord, whatever human ideas we've infused here or structures we've put in because of our own plans, I pray, Lord, that you would move those out, that we would carry out your ministry, that your son would be seen and glorified through not only this church as a whole, but every one of us individually. So conform us to your image so our church can reflect your nature, so many people can be called to faith. Lord, you know the state of our culture. What's needed, Lord, is not greater laws. It's, it's greater hope. It's greater grace. It's transformation by your Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Coming up next Sunday, we are beginning a new series called Jesus at the Center of Prayer. This series will be accompanied by a daily devotional, serving as an instrumental tool in cultivating an everyday interaction with God, encapsulating contemplation, reading, and prayer. These acts will be grounded in the content of the daily devotional. This new devotional book will be available during the church services or by collecting one from the receptionist in the church office throughout the week. Or you can even download a digital copy from the new Brookwood Church mobile app. As we kick off the series, Jesus at the Center of Prayer on Sunday, October 15th, we encourage you to prepare by reading verse nine from Matthew chapter six. We appreciate you listening to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast today. Please leave a review as it will help others unearth the possibilities of having a transformed life in Christ. Thank you for being with us today, and we eagerly look forward to your presence in our forthcoming episode.